Over a million patients a year are treated with respect, warmth, and compassion at Boston Medical Center. It's in this spirit of community that we offer our podcast series to you, featuring our doctors and staff. This is Boston Med Talks. Here's Melanie Cole. As we head into the spring, seasonal allergies can become much more common. My guest is Dr. Catherine Rich. She's a primary care provider in the General Internal Medicine Department at Boston Medical Center. Dr. Rich, what causes an allergic reaction, especially when we're talking about seasonal allergies, things outside, things around? So, hi, Melanie. So, um, a lot of my patients are having allergic reactions to things like the pollen, the trees, the grasses, the weeds, the things that we see coming up in springtime. Um, And that's what causes most, you know, springtime seasonal allergies. How do you know if it's an allergy or a cold? Because in the springtime and in the fall, people get colds as well. They start getting sniffly and their throat gets tight. How do you know that's what it is? Sure. It can, yeah, it can sometimes be hard to tell the difference between a cold, which is usually caused by a virus, um, versus an allergic reaction, which is your body's immune system kind of overreacting really to the pollens that are in the air. Um, The most common symptoms of allergies are things like runny or stuffy nose, sneezing, um, itchy eyes. People can have itchy throats and itchy ears. So one of the things that I look for is certainly a person with allergies is not going to have a fever. So if you have a fever or body aches, um, that tends to be much more of a viral illness like a cold. Um, and also people with allergies, if they do have runny nose, it should be clear um, runny nose. And a person with a cold or a sinus infection might get discolored um, like runny nose, sort of like greenish or yellowish. So those are the main things I say that can sort of distinguish. Who's at risk for allergies? And are people that have allergies at an increased risk for asthma or vice versa? Are there, is there a genetic component to these types of allergies? Yeah, that's a really good question. So most people with allergies, um, do have a, um, do have allergies in childhood. The allergies start in childhood, and it does run in families. They think there is probably some genetic component to it. Um, So if your mom had allergies or your dad had allergies, um, there's probably a higher chance that you'll have them too, that you'll react to the same kinds of pollens and grasses and trees. Um, And then there is um, an association for some people with asthma. Some people have asthma allergies and tend to get sort of skin rashes like eczema. But there are people who just have the seasonal allergies who don't have asthma as well. If someone exhibits these symptoms every season, and as you said, they've kind of told the difference, whether it's a cold or seasonal allergies, what are some treatment options and how is it diagnosed that this is, Mm. you know, people think of allergy shots. Is that how they still diagnose it? I do have people come into my office and want to get tested for allergies. And what I would say is that most of the time um, you can diagnose seasonal allergies just by talking to your primary care doctor and being examined in the office. It doesn't usually require a visit to the specialist, um, but there and and we can treat um, pretty easily. We have quite a quite a few both over the counter and prescription medicines that can really bring a lot of relief to people with seasonal allergies. Um, but let me just mention about sort of testing because you asked about that. So there are allergists. Um, specialists who will do testing to see exactly what you're allergic to. And that's usually a skin test where they put a little skin prick with some of the substance in, and then they see if you develop a rash. 
Um, and I would say those tests are really only necessary after you've um, worked with your primary care doctor to try to, to try to get relief from seasonal allergies. There's a few sort of occasions when we want to know exactly what you're allergic to, and maybe we can sort of, in that case, target therapy. And so the, the, the allergy shots that you mentioned, not everybody with seasonal allergies needs allergy shots. We still do use allergy shots, and they now have um, a newer kind of treatment, which is under-the-tongue substance, um, like a little pill that dissolves that's similar to the allergy shots. And those are for people with really severe allergies that don't get better with medications. Um, and in that case, you do need allergy testing to know what you're allergic to. And then the um, allergy shots or the allergy pills are to sort of help your immune system not overreact to those substances. How are the medications today working for, senior, you know, for seasonal allergies? Are they working well? Are, are you hoping that some of them are changing? Some of them are over-the-counter. Some of them are prescriptions. Speak about treatments. Yes. So, um, so actually, when you come to the primary care office, if you have mild symptoms, um, we can usually treat you with some relatively you know, well-known and, and straightforward over-the-counter medicines. So the mainstay, we have two things that we use. One is the um, nasal spray. That's a steroid nasal spray. Um, fluticasone is the one that's available over-the-counter. And this helps enormously for people who have the runny nose, um, the sneezing, the itchy, even the itchy eyes actually can be treated with the nasal spray. And the other one that we typically use either added on to the nasal spray or by itself is the um, antihistamine. And we tend to use the second generations, um, things like brand name um, Claritin, um, Zyrtec, and Allegra, people know them by, and they have generic names, because those are the second generation and they're not as sedating as the first generation antihistamines. And so we usually start with, with those or with the nasal spray, and then we can do a combination if people have, and that actually works for the majority of people, even people with moderate symptoms, that tends to work really well. Um, you can add in other things. You can add in um, a decongestant, um, pseudofedrin, which is known as pseudofed, to the antihistamine. And that helps for people who have the congestion or who weren't helped by just the antihistamine alone. We also have eye drops that we can add, antihistamine eye drops. So if the... Um, if the pill or the nasal spray is not also helping and the eye, and the eye symptoms are really bad, those itchy eyes, we can add a specific eye drop. Um, and there's even more, more than those, but I would say those are sort of starting with the nasal spray, the antihistamine, adding a decongestant and an eye drop. We can usually treat most people's symptoms. And I would say it's very, very effective. What a great explanation. What about home and lifestyle? Do you want people to do things like neti pots or nasal lavage? How do they steer clear of some of those triggers if they have to be out and about? Absolutely, yes. Um, so the, the, there's a big component of prevention when it comes to allergies. So things that people can do to kind of stop themselves from getting into a really bad allergy attack, number one, um, don't, you know, don't go outside on really high pollen days. It sounds a a little bit crazy, but it actually is really effective when you just avoid those days when the pollen is really high, when you see that, you know, that green um, powder covering the cars. Um, and then um, particularly when you're indoors, you should be sleeping with the windows closed. If you have air conditioning, you know, that will be really helpful because you'll filter the air that comes into your house. So I think that those things can go a long way toward preventing those allergy attacks. Um, 
even things like when you come home at the end of the day before you get into bed, rinse off in a shower just to get the pollen off of your body, out of your hair. Um, that can help um, sort of to reduce the allergic triggers. Um, and then what was the other question you asked me? About neti pots, nasal, yeah, nasal oh, right. lavash. Yeah, so I, so I really do recommend that. So I think so. Th- there's um, the, the simplest thing, and I should have mentioned this even before we start the nasal steroid spray that I mentioned, is that people can use saline spray um, and do that four or five times just to rinse the nose. Um, and it gets the pollen out of the nose, and it can be very helpful. It can be a little bit tricky if people are really stuffy, and then you might want to try a decongestant and then continue with the nasal rinse. Um, we, for people who need the nasal steroid, we also recommend doing the, just the saline, the saltwater rinse, before you put the steroid in. And then I always find that the neti pot is a little bit more of a commitment for people, um, but it's definitely effective. So if people are willing, um, the neti pot alone could be all that a person needs to control their allergy symptoms, or it can be used, um, like we said, in conjunction with the nasal spray or the antihistamine. So that, um, as long as they start, you know, with um, sterile water, distilled water, or they boil the water just to make sure there aren't any bacteria in it, um, they can rinse the, the sinuses with it, and it's a great way to control allergy symptoms. I'm definitely an advocate of that. And as you said, if they're willing, because it may not be the most comfortable thing, but it certainly gives your nose the shower that we don't always, you know, we're not always able to give. So wrap it up for us, Dr. Rich, with your best advice about seasonal allergies and maybe preventing them in the first place. Absolutely. So um, one of the mainstays of of treating allergies is to start early. So if you know you have allergies and you know that springtime has sprung, you know, start your antihistamine or start your nasal steroid or even your um, saline um, nasal spray before the symptoms get bad because you can control them better. And you definitely can visit your primary care doctor if you have tried one of the over-counter and it's not working for you or if you want to discuss how to, you know, best treat yourself. Um, And that coupled with trying to keep your windows closed and stay inside on the high pollen days should hopefully, you know, get people through the allergy season. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's really important information for listeners to hear. This is Boston Med Talks with Boston Medical Center. For more information, you can go to bmc.org. That's bmc.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for tuning in.